Hello and welcome back to the Be Well Together podcast. I'm your host, Katherine Bowen, and I'm the Director of Employee Engagement Programs at Salesforce. In this weekly series, we bring in luminary speakers and well-being experts to provide insights and tips related to all aspects of mental, physical, and social well-being to help you thrive at work and at home. Whether you're thinking about amping up your current exercise routine or you're looking for the motivation to get started, in this episode, you'll be inspired to take that leap. Be Well Together is thrilled to welcome Sarah Williams, founder of Tough Girl Challenges and the award-winning Tough Girl podcast. Sarah doesn't just talk about being a tough girl, she lives it. She completed the Marathon de Saab, six marathons in six days across the Sahara Desert. She hiked the 2,190-mile Appalachian Trail solo in 100 days, and she cycled over 4,000 kilometers from Canada to Mexico via the Pacific Coast Highway. In this conversation, Jody Koner, our Executive Vice President of Global Enablement at Salesforce, speaks with Sarah about pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone. Sarah shares tips for overcoming your fears, as well as some of the stories of the amazing women she's met along her journey who inspired her to keep pushing to achieve her goals. That and more in today's empowering conversation with Sarah Williams. Hello, hello everyone. Happy Monday. It is so great to have you all here today and thank you for prioritizing your own well-being here on Be Well Together. If you are a first-time viewer, Be Well Together is your number one destination for all things well-being. We are here to guide you and to support you through these uncertain times by just really helping you focus on you. And as we've all been managing our way through these challenges that we're facing, many of us have found a way to take solace in exploring nature, in inspirational content, in health and fitness. And today's guest is like a champion of all three of these things. I am so excited to welcome a fearless woman who knows no bounds, Sarah Williams. Sarah is the founder of Tough Girl Challenges and the award-winning Tough Girl podcast author. She's been inspiring women to get fit and to get active and to get out there and have some adventures. And she does not just talk about being a tough girl on her podcast. She really lives it. Some of her incredible adventures include completing the Marathon de Sablos in 2016. This is six marathons in six days across the Sahara Desert. She has hiked the Appalachian Trail solo, unsupported. That is 2,190 miles in 100 days. And this was in 2017. And she has cycled all the way from Vancouver, Canada to Cabo San Lucas. Okay, that is 4,000 kilometers. So Sarah walks the walk here, folks. <laughs> she um, has been inspiring us through tales of her adventures and sharing invaluable lessons gained through these incredible physical endurance challenges that she has done all over the world. So what an amazing guest. Sarah, thank you so much for being here on Be Well Together. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to come and share like all of the knowledge that I've learned, especially from doing these 
crazy out there challenges. I mean, this is crazy. I mean, you're making me feel quite, I did a little bit of yoga this morning, but I'm feeling quite lazy. I'm feeling uh, quite lazy. <laughs> yoga, yoga is brilliant. And I have to say, one of the things that I always try and say to my listeners is it's never about comparison. Because when you start hearing these tales of adventure from these incredible women who are climbing Mount Everest or swimming the English Channel or running these, you know, ridiculous ultra races of like 500 miles plus, you know, you can start to feel quite bad about yourself. So we always take comparison off the table. It's only about beating yourself and, you know, doing the best that you can for you. But yeah, so today I'm really excited to basically, I want to share loads of real practical advice and top tips to help everybody out there who's sort of going through a tough time. So learning mental resilience, mental toughness through doing adventures and physical challenges. And as you mentioned, you know, I've spoken to about 300 women around the world, all different ages, different shapes, different sizes, explorers, runners, swimmers, sailors, kayakers. There's a whole selection of amazing women out there. And so what I've done is I've compiled some of the, the best tips and advice that they've got and basically split it into almost three sections. So we're going to see how quickly we can get through them to make sure that I can give you practical tip after practical tips. So there's a, there's a couple of areas which I'm going to break it down into. One of the first ones is like the physical training. But when people talk about doing these big challenges like climbing mountains, you know, whether you're going off to climb Mount Everest or Mount Kilimanjaro or running something like the Marathon de Saabs or trying to, you know, run a marathon, a lot of what people say, well, it actually comes down to the mental mindset of the challenge. And 80% of that challenge is mental. So I'm going to give you some top tips around that mental preparation and how to really sort of build that mental resilience. And the first place that it comes down to is actually knowing your why. Like, why do you want to do something? You know, why did I want to go and run the Marathon de Sables? You know, not many people want to go and, and run across the Sahara Desert. And for me, it was all about launching Tough Girl Challenges. It was about, as well as, you know, talking the talk, but showing by example that actually getting out there and experiencing it so I could share it with other women, you know, what it was like with the blisters, with the sand dunes, you know, pooping in poo bags and you know we're having this ridiculous time on the on the toughest day which is when you run 52 miles in one go which is pretty pretty intense but a lot of the time you've actually got to dig a little bit deeper in your why like why are you actually doing it is it for other people how much is it for yourself how much is the ego what's the purpose and one of the things that I found really useful is just sitting down and writing it down the power of journaling the power of writing bullet points thinking okay this is why I want to do this challenge this is why it's important to me. And a lot of people out there, a lot of women that I've spoken to, they have these ideas and they have these big dreams and these big goals and they know their why. And they think, yeah, this is why I want to do it. I want to go and run around the world like Rosie Swale Pope, who's 73 years young. Um, she lost her husband to cancer and she wanted to do something to remember and buy, you know, raise huge sums of money for, for charity at the same point. But then the next stage after that is the, it's dealing with the fears. Because sometimes when you put a goal out there, you can have these thoughts come into your head about, well, what if I fail? What if I'm not tough enough? What if I'm not strong enough? You know, all of these what ifs can come into your head and it can stop you before you even start. It can overwhelm you. And that's what happens with a lot of people when it comes to setting these big dreams and goals. So I've, I've been to a wonderful lady called Ali Mahoney Johnson and she was cycling from Wales over to Chamonix and she shared this amazing practical piece of information. It's basically called doing a what if and it's so simple and easy to do. It's getting a, a pad of paper, draw a line down the center and on the left hand side, you write down your fears, every single what if. 
you know, what if I fail? What if I got lost? What if I get attacked by bears? What if I injure myself? What if I run out of money? Every single what if. And the great thing is as, as well on this point is sometimes a lot of people who maybe aren't necessarily that supportive at the time might be your friends and family who don't necessarily understand your goal and your dream and what it is that you're trying to achieve. So you can get them involved in this process of, you know, what are they scared of? What are they worried about for you? So what you've then got is this piece of paper on the left-hand side, all of your fears. And then this is the best bit. While you're at home in a nice, comfortable, safe environment, you sit down and you work through those fears logically. Well, how would you handle the situation if you did run out of water? Okay, you know, I'd walk further. I could ask people for water. I can make sure it doesn't happen. I can make sure I cover up in my planning and preparation. I know physically that I can keep going for X amount of hours before I desperately need that water. So what that does is this, is you're mentally running through the different types of scenarios that you can face on challenges and adventures. But you can also apply this to everyday parts of your life about anything that you're concerned about or worried about. Now, I'm not going to say that it's going to answer all of your potential fears out there, but you're going to get a really big chunk of it. And the really powerful thing is that even by thinking about it, you're going to be going through it in your head. So you've mentally actually worked through the problem already before you're even out there in that actual situation, which nicely leads on to my third point, which is around visualization. So this is one of the most powerful tools that you can use, especially in performance psychology. And you will have heard a lot of athletes talking about visualization, but you can use visualization on, on any aspect. And a lot of women do it, especially for the adventures and challenges. So I remember for me specifically on, um, when I was through hiking the Appalachian Trail, the ending point is Mount Katahdin, um, up this massive mountain. There's this wooden sign um, engraved with the, you know, the finish line of the Appalachian Trail. And I pictured that sign in my head. I could physically see my hand reaching out to touch it, touching it on the 10th of September, the day that I wanted to finish after walking those 2,190 miles. And that is a key part of it. And anybody who's done, hopefully, well, hopefully, um, all of the finishers who've run marathons or ultramarathons, they will have pitched themselves crossing that finish line, pitched themselves physically getting the medal around their neck, feeling the weight of that medal, holding the medal, you know, sensing what it's going to feel like and what emotions are released once you've got that medal around you. So, visualize visualize success visualize the goals that you have see it in your mind see it happening because it is so so powerful um the next the next one a lot of women talk about and this almost comes back to the feelings of overwhelm you know how am i going to do that how am i going to fit it in how am i going to manage it and when things get overwhelming a lot of people can just say do you know what that's not for me i'm i'm not going to do it and i spoke to this one lady called um so langley watham and she'd wanted to do this wonderful walk around the South Wales coastal path. And she had this dream. She knew her why. She knew her reason. She's talked through her fears, but she just got overwhelmed. And so she stepped back. She stepped away. And it wasn't until sort of five years later, when it came to her 40th birthday, that she actually decided to go for it. And one of the ways that she managed that was by breaking it down. So people have called it like chunking. It's also called like eating the elephant. And you know, an example from my experience, when I was packing my food for the marathon Sobs. I was sat on my bedroom floor with bags of food, pre-prepared meals, protein powder, supplements. And I was just looking around it and I was literally just overwhelmed. Like I, you know, I had to get up and walk away. So for me, chunking it down meant sitting, okay, let's just do Monday. Let's break it down to Monday, food for the first day, Monday, do that, walk away, you know, congratulate myself. You've done the first day 
go back to it 15 minutes later after having a break and then chunking it down, break it down into, into smaller and smaller chunks. And you know, this also, when I was out on the Appalachian Trail, so walking 2,190 miles in 100 days, that actually breaks down to about 22 miles per day. And one of the biggest issues that I had was that was that I was always behind schedule. So on the first day, I'd only done 15 miles instead of the 22. So I was seven miles behind. And so day by day by day, even though I was making progress, I felt like I was falling behind. And when I started thinking of the overall picture and, you know, touching that finishing sign, it was starting to get overwhelming because I just I didn't know how I was going to be able to make it happen so this comes down onto the next point which is almost focusing on what you can control I can't control all the other things around me in the environment but what I can control is my attitude to the challenge you know am I going to be out there even though it's raining and I've got blisters and I haven't found food and there's a bear and there's a snake and all these other issues that are happening out there you know you have a choice over what you're thinking. And, you know, I, rem- I remember walking along, it had been raining for like days on end. And the, one of the worst things that you can possibly do is having to put your wet shoes and socks on, put your wet clothes on and to get out, you know, to actually go walking again. But then you have to reframe the situation. And for me, reframing was, well, at least it's not lightning. At least it's not slowing. And you know what? I do have shoes to put on. I've got socks to put on. And one of the key things is that I've made a choice to be out there. That is what I wanted to do with my time. So there's also, uh, which sort of links in as well, is the power of self-talk. One of my guests talked about, you can either be your own best coach or your own worst enemy. You know, what is your internal voice saying to you? How positive is your internal voice? Is it encouraging you and motivating you? Or is it sort of telling you, you need to stop. You need to sit down. You need, you can't do this. You're not tough enough. You've got to be very, very careful about the voices that you choose to listen to in your head. And belief, like believing in yourself. I think sometimes um, a lot of women, a lot of women that I, I speak to is always allowing themselves or giving themselves permission. You know, you are allowed to believe in yourself. If you set yourself a dream, you have a goal, there's something that you want to achieve, you believe in yourself and you can get out there and absolutely achieve it. Now, what can be interesting out on um, on challenges? So we've talked about the mental mindset. You know, 80% of the challenge is mental. We've talked about breaking it down, breaking it down into small goals, focusing on each of those small goals. You know, when you're out there going back to the reason why you decided to do this in the first place, what were those reasons? One of the powerful things that can really sort of help you when you are dealing with very, very stressful situations when you're out on a challenge, when, you know, things are not going to go to plan. You know, things go wrong. Um, mistakes are made and you can end up in situations where you don't want to be there. So for me, when I was cycling um, from Vancouver down to Cabo San Lucas, I was out on um, in Baja, California, off-road mountain biking with my bike, riding along, the back rack broke, slammed onto the rear wheel, the rear wheel locked. My bike was not going anywhere. So it was a case of, well, do I just sit here on the desert floor and wait for a car or a truck to come by? There's not that many cars or trucks going past on that route. So it was a case of, well, hold on, how do I handle this situation? And it was a case of just keeping calm. And for me, one of my tactics, which I think is sounds really simple, but sometimes the simple ones are the best, is about breathing. It's just stopping to take a couple of really deep, beautiful breaths, relax, you know, take a couple of breaths. Also, the other thing which I do as well, another simple one, is sometimes eat some food, drink some water and then think about the problem because you don't want to be dehydrated, hungry, and stressed. So if you have some food, stop, have a flapjack, drink some water, take a couple of deep breaths, 
and then look at the situation that you're dealing with. So for me in that situation, what did I have to do? I had to take the back rack, uh, the panniers off the back racks. I put one pannier on the back of my shoulders, another pannier strapped to the front of the bike. And I had to um, basically hike the bike out for about 15, 16 miles until I could get into town. But I figured it out. And my attitude throughout that day, it wasn't about why has this happened to me? Oh, this is such a pain time to deal with. It was like, well, do you know what, Sarah? You've walked miles before. Okay, it's happened. You, you can't fix it out here. So you've got to get yourself out of that situation. And then I look back to my previous experiences that I'd had on the Appalachian Trail, on Marathon de Saab, so running 52 miles in a day, walking 30-odd miles day after day after day on the Appalachian Trail. And then that gave me mentally the confidence to think, well, hold on, you can now walk your bike out of the desert. You can find help. You can get your bike fixed. It's not a big a problem. So it actually comes back to that sort of that mental mindset, that mental resilience. And this is something that you can definitely build over time. And I actually, um, there's a couple of things that, um, that I, I have a community of women that I sort of uh, engage with, like the listeners of Tough Girl podcast, and set a mini challenge for people if you're wanting to build your mental resilience. And one of the easiest things that you can do, and I have to say, it's not that pleasant, but you do get used to it. And that is going for a cold shower every morning. And I know it sounds crazy, but this is, it's doing something unpleasant. It's doing something that you're not necessarily going to enjoy. You're you're purposely putting your body and your mind through something which is going to make you feel super uncomfortable. Now, when you first start, it's going to be horrendous and you're going to be thinking, why am I doing this? This is crazy. But then your first day, you might just do a blast 10 seconds. The next day, 20 seconds. And in your mind, you'll be going through all of these uncomfortable feelings like, oh, I don't like this. Oh, it's a bit cold and everything else that's going on. But what happens day after day, do it for five days. That's all you need to do. By the fifth day, you'll be used to it. You will have adjusted. You will have changed your mindset. And even in the shower, like one of the things when, um, you know, I talked before about breathing is when you're in the shower, having a cold shower, control your breathing. Try and think, you know what I'm going to take? We're doing it five days. Take five deep breaths while you're having an ice cold shower. Do it day after day after day, and soon it won't even become an issue. But that is training. That is part of a, you know, training your body and training your mind. And I know it sounds silly, but if you can give it a go, it is well worth doing it. So one of the things that happened to me on the Appalachian Trail is, um, and so I actually vlog the Appalachian Trail, my journey. So they're on YouTube. There's a hundred videos of this journey every single day, what it was like, because what I want to show people is what it is actually like behind the scenes. It's not just a highlight reel. It's not just me on beautiful mountaintops and stunning scenery. It's when, you know, the times get tough. You know, I've run out of food. There is a bear in the path. There is a snake in the path. Um, It is raining again. I have run out of water or, you know, I've had some dodgy water and you all know what happens when you have some dodgy water, things start happening. But for me, it was, um, what was it? Day, gosh, I think I've just gone completely off track. So I apologize. But no, it comes back to, what was I saying? Day 97 was an horrendous day, but it has been filmed and vlogged, so you can go and watch it. So you can end up going to see what was happening behind the scenes. And this is it, emotions. So your emotions can go a little bit crazy when you're you're tired and you're stressed. And sometimes people can end up feeling like a little bit of shame if they cry or they need to release something from their body. So what I want to say is there's two great ways of like releasing the emotions. One of them is through humor. Um, you know, have a laugh, laugh at yourself, just let it out. The second one is, if you need to cry, 
have a good cry, get it out, release the emotion, and then it's gone. So my, my point on the Appalachian Trail was the final three days, like because I was so tired and worn down and exhausted, there's just me walking. And I'm not even like sort of upset, but I am just crying because of the physical and the mental exhaustion of trying to complete this challenge. But that was sort of an, uh, an eye-opening call for me because there, you've got the physical preparation, you've got the mental preparation, and then you've got the emotional mindset of it all. So that is a very quick rundown of hopefully a lot of practical tips that you can use. I would love you to give the cold shower a go. Try it for five days um, and just see, see what happens. But you know, I'd really be happy to answer any questions that you may have about mental resilience, mental toughness, or anything that I've um, talked about um, over the last sort of 20 minutes. Oh my God. If I could get out the pom-poms right now and be like your biggest cheerleader, I would. (laughs) I feel like this is amazing. You've given us, I took so many notes. You've basically given us an amazing blueprint, okay, for just how to deal with the world that we are living in right now. You framed this up all so beautifully in the context of these incredible adventures you've had. But when I read through my list, know your why, journal your fears, visualize success, break it down so you don't get overwhelmed, focus on your attitude and what you can control, be your best coach, breathe, eat, drink, then think, take the cold showers, which we're going to circle back on, and then (laughs) release your emotions and cry when you need to. I mean, like if I was to write a book today about how to like deal with a pandemic moving forward, this is what I would say. It's so great. So thank you so much for this. I would just say as well, I think it's really important. It's more about building it. Like not everything is going to work for everyone. And so it's about being really specific for you and almost being like a magpie and thinking, do you know what? I'm going to try that. And actually I know from previous experience that, you know, maybe long form journaling doesn't work for me. Okay. I'm going to do bullet journaling or whatever it may be. Just you yeah. can choose and make it fit you and your life and where you are and how you are coping at the moment. Yeah, I think it's so right on. I have to, because I have to, I have to circle back on this cold shower thing because I literally almost leaped out of my seat with joy when you said that. (laughs) So we, our hot water heater kind of like went on the fritz in the beginning of this lockdown and it would just start intermittently, like just giving cold water. And now like, I don't know, we just never got around to fixing it. And now I'm taking all of these cold showers. Like there's other, whatever I'm taking cold showers and it's, it's really, it's something like there, there is something that mentally shifts in your brain, you know, when you are breathing through that and feeling a whole different sense of refreshed and vitalization and strength, both emotionally and mentally. It's quite something. I didn't realize this was like a thing. Well, have you, have you heard of Wim Hoffman? He's known as- I have, ass. yes. Wim Hoffman. I mean, his, yeah. yes, he is He's quite impressive. as well. Yeah, for just, and with the breathing and, you know, taking yes. cold baths and cold showers. Yes. But it, but it is, it does all sort of interlink with everything as well. Yes. Um, and it, it, I, I think it's really powerful. Obviously, I'm yes. a big advocate of it. So I did have yes. my cold shower this morning as well. So, you know, good way to start the week. You go, girl. So tell me about- um, I think that it's really interesting that you do all of these different adventures. And I'm wondering if you 
Do you tend to learn the same kinds of things and you're just learning them on deeper and deeper levels when you go on each one of these adventures? Or do you find that each adventure like kind of opens up a whole new chapter of learning for you and there's some like new epiphany that you're kind of... I think it's it's definitely a a mixture of both. I think when I first started, like I the the only sort of adventurous things I'd done previously before starting Tough Girl Challenges was running marathons. So I'd run the London Marathon five times and that was the furthest distance I'd ever done. I'd never done anything bigger or anything more physical I mean I'd I'd walk Kilimanjaro but Marathon de Sales was so outside of my comfort zone lessons I learned from that was um, there was two key lessons is one about self-belief as in actually having the confidence to go out and do this and do the training and make it happen and then actually achieving the goal but the second the biggest second lesson I learned from that is I've always been a very very goal-driven person setting myself goals along the way having targets working towards them I'd achieve them, I'd tick them off my list, um, and then I'm done. So with Marathon Subs, I got the medal around my neck, I crossed that finish line, and um, I probably had 30 seconds of joy. Bearing in mind, I've been training for 18 months for this race. 30 seconds of joy, I've achieved this goal, felt amazing, and then it was over. And that was a real eye-opener for me because it was like, well, hold on. I can't go through living my life just, you know, just literally having this, this moment of joy and happiness at the pinnacle of achieving your goal. And so that definitely changed things for me because I realized that it was actually more about the journey. So it's important to have the goal, but actually it's about enjoying everything that you're doing day to day. Um, so that was the, the, the big major lesson from, from MDS. The second one from, from the Appalachian Trail was it was the first time I'd spent a lot of time by myself, sort of, you know, alone in nature, you know, constantly walking, constantly moving, not surrounded by friends, not surrounded by family, not surrounded by sort of society and those types of pressures. And what I got was thinking time, like just clarity. And and I think so often we're all so busy living our lives going, you know, from one Zoom at the moment, one Zoom call to the next Zoom call. And we're just constantly moving that we've never actually taken the time to stop and think and think, hold on, is this what I want to be doing? Is this the life I want to be leading? Am I happy with the direction that things have gone? So the Appalachian Trail was powerful because 100 days in nature, just by myself, pretty much. I was meeting a lot of people on the way, but having this quality thinking time was massively empowering. And that then changed it a lot for me because the other key thing was I felt like a failure every single day on the Appalachian Trail because I was always behind. I never felt that I was ever going to finish. And then I sort of realized, well, hold on. If you show up every day and just do the best that you can do on that day, whether it's 20 miles on that day, 26 miles on that day, keep showing up. You will get to your goal eventually. It just it just takes time because you can see it in the distance, but you still got to put the effort in every single day to actually achieve it. I think the problem I've almost had now is because the the future challenges that I've done, so um, you know, with the cycling and I've walked Camino Portuguese and Lycidian Way in Turkey and the Overland Track in, in Tasmania is because all of these experiences, I've had these massive big experiences, it's almost um, increased my comfort zone. And so then it starts to become, well, is this really challenging me anymore? Is it really helping me to grow and develop as a person? Or am I just very comfortable now? Hey, let's head out and go and walk 500 kilometers across Turkey um, on the Lycian Way, or let's go and walk the Camino Portuguese. And so that gives me more time to reflect in terms of, hold on, what am I doing? Why am I doing it? What's the important lessons that I want to be learning? So I think it is definitely changing, but the most powerful moments for me were definitely sort of Marathon de Saves and the Appalachian Trail, just because they were sort of the, the biggest physical challenges. 
So the way that you are speaking of all of these unbelievable life lessons that you're really living and, you know, so organically growing within you and putting yourself in a position when you can just be such a student and a learner, I'm, I'm curious how this pandemic and this lockdown, you know, are you, is, is kind of influencing or impacting you? You know, the way that you speak about it, it's kind of, I, I just keep thinking, God, it's like, we're, this is what we're doing. We're in a marathon. <laughs> this isn't a quick fix. This isn't a, you know, uh, just hurry up and get it done with. You've got to figure out how to find joy in the journey and, you know, how to not get overwhelmed and how to visualize who and what you're going to get on the other side. And I guess I'm just curious, like, what are you doing these days? Has anything changed for you in either in how you're setting your goals or even how you're managing through the many emotions and chaoses that we're all kind of dealing with? Oh, definitely. I mean, it has been, I think for me, it's been the loss of freedom. So this, this year I was, you know, this, and this, I, I always like apologize because it just sounds awful. No, it doesn't sound awful, but it does. You know, I was in Australia for two and a half months and then I was back to, I was back, meant to be back in the UK. Then I was meant to be off to India for a month to do, you know, a yoga teacher training course. And then I had a couple of sponsored hikes going to do the Tour de Mont Blanc and then to go on and do um, another walk up in Scotland. And obviously everything's completely off the table. And what I'd say is what I've definitely noticed is there's been like ups and downs, like ebbs and flows. And I've had, I'd say I've had weeks and months where I've just been on it and I've been, you know, I've doubled up on the amount of podcasts that I'm producing. So new episodes are coming out on a Tuesday and Thursday now. So I'm focusing on what I can control, which is, well, I can control the, the podcasting angle, producing content, continue to motivate and inspire um, other women and girls. I can't go out hiking and doing those adventures, which is, you know, obviously, you know, it's very sad, but there's there's bigger things happening in, in the world. So um, I think... It's been incredibly tough. And I think the, the one thing that I've really noticed is almost, and, and it, I know it sounds like a cliche and it's stuff, but it's, it's about being kind to yourself. Like I definitely mm. have days where I am just so productive and so on it. And then I have days where I don't get out of my pajamas. And it's like, do you know what? Sometimes that's okay to have like a Netflix and chill day and just relax. And do you know what? I need to take some time off because initially I thought I'm going to be the most productive person I can possibly be because I can still do a lot of my work through, through my laptop. And then I've just realized that that's actually not, not the case you've got to you've got to change things up and you know you've actually got to behave differently so I'm trying to be very very connected to my body to my health I mean a couple of key things that I did do with goals was just um I had a problem with my hip flexors so I started doing like yin yoga every single day and I had this wonderful stretch of 30 days where it was happening every day and then I fell out of a routine so I think for me one of the key the key things I'd almost say for people is if you can get into good routines and and just be kind with yourself don't make it militant you've got to do x y and z during the day i think that can be incredibly powerful in terms of just giving you structure and instead of focusing on the the long term which we've got no control over you focus on your day to day you focus on you know what? i'm going to do my yoga i'm going to go outside for my walk i'm going to drink my water i'm going to have my healthy food okay i'm going to be a little bit naughty and have my gin and tonic and my chocolate as well and you know try and you know try and balance it out it's great. It is such a joy to talk to you. You have such great energy. I love what you're doing for women and girls and frankly, everyone out there. So thank you so much for being with us today. Um, I, I think Sarah's words to be kind are, are pretty apropos. So let's just kind of close out today's session with that. Be kind and be happy and be well. And we will see you back here later this week. Bye-bye. 
I hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Please be sure to leave a rating and review. We also encourage you to share this podcast with friends, family, and anyone you think could use a boost of inspiration. For more Be Well Together goodness, visit salesforce.com slash plus or click the link in our show notes. Check back here again next week for our episode on food with number one New York Times bestselling author, Michael Pollan.